Hey friends, welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so glad that you're here. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Oftentimes, God brings things up because they are on the way out. Lean into the topic that he's bringing up today and letting God lead in your life and choices. Be sure to stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's guest, Charlotte Campbell, has an infectious love for life, a deep love for people, and zealous love for God's house. Her passion is to build the local church across the earth, to see people reach their full potential, and develop and strengthen leadership. Charlotte's known for her practical, humorous, and passionate application of God's Word. Charlotte is an author, speaker, pastor, and mother, and she leads Life Church in England with her husband, Steve, and together they have two children. I have personally been a fan of Charlotte's for a long time. I know you're going to love her too, so let's welcome her to the show. Well, hello, Charlotte, and welcome to the show. I'm excited to talk to you today. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be with you. Yeah, so, okay, what time is it where you're at right now? It it is uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 4.15. Okay, (laughs) it's 11 a.m. here, so a little bit of a difference there. coffee. So that's good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I am so glad to connect with you. Um, I definitely, you know, in the beginning, in the intro, I shared your professional bio with the listeners. What is something I like to ask my guests though? What's maybe one random fun fact that we wouldn't have read about you in your bio? Oh gosh, there's so many random things about me. (laughs) You know, those bios, they make you sound so good, right? But I'm just an ordinary girl that loves God, but often looks at my life and wonders how in the world did I end up where I ended up? I'm actually actually quite an introvert. And so I probably people wouldn't think that when they see what I do, but I actually, I'm not comfortable in big crowds or big groups. I'm much better on a one-on-one. So today's good for me. <laughs> so they probably wouldn't know that about me. So I always think God's got a sense of humor in where I've ended up doing life and doing ministry because it's the opposite of what I would have planned. Yeah, I can relate. You know, I'm a, I'm a very high introvert myself, which I think is why I love podcasting because you and me, we can connect, we'll get off here and I'll be all alone again. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's, it's amazing. But you know, what's funny. I can't tell you the number of people I interview that do th- similar things to you that are speakers and out on a, a public platform, but they're very high introverts. I just, that kind of cracks right. me up. Yeah. Something about that. That's interesting to me though. Okay, um, so we are going to jump in. We're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff today. The first thing that we're going to talk about, you've written several books. How many books have you written? I had to do a count the other day for something that I needed to fill in that information on, and I got up to 14. Oh my goodness. I can't quite believe that I've written 14, but yes, I have. Yeah. So does it get easier as as after, so I just signed a a contract to write my first book. It's not releasing until March of 2023, but I have to wonder for those of you who are just pumping out the books, I'm thinking, does it get easier after you've written a few? (laughs) I think for me, 
And I think you'll definitely notice that when when I first did a book, I was very mindful I'm writing a book. And then I think the more you get comfortable with the fact of writing and the journaling and the process of writing, the less daunting it is because it's not so much that you're writing a book, you're just writing, you're just getting a flow out. And then you have smart people come around you and go, okay, that's a chapter. Okay, that's a chapter. But I write all my books myself and just have help pulling it together at the end. So I think you definitely find a flow when you, when, I think sometimes when you think I've got to write a book, you, it's overwhelming. You think, okay, I've got one chapter done and then you think, how many more do I have to do? But I think if you just get in the flow of what you want to write, then I think it's a lot easier to find that rhythm. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. All right. So the most recent one you wrote is a devotional called Today I Choose. I always love to ask authors, where'd this one come from? It, it, like, where was this one born? What, what's the heart behind this one? Well, the funny thing about this book is um, I had just actually written a book, which I'd actually just written two books um, that were on two different. One was in the for the, a U.S. platform. One was I was doing one for my own women's conference. So I had no plan whatsoever to write another book at all. I was all out. And then the pandemic hit. And the pandemic took me on this like journey where I realized, because we were locked down, we're still locked down in England. So this lockdown happened and suddenly all the things that I used to do to communicate, I couldn't do. So we couldn't even have a live service with our church. I couldn't get on a plane and go anywhere. I couldn't be in front of a room of team training or staff training or be at conferences. And so I remember just having this moment a few days in, like about five or six days in, where I was like, God, how am I going to help put the word into people um, when I feel so many of my choices have been removed? I can't choose to get on the airplane. I can't choose to go to that conference. And so I felt God remind me that I still had the choice what I would do. I might not be able to choose the circumstance, but I could choose my response. And that set me on this journey where I literally went into my um, office at my house set up my iPhone and just began to talk to my iPhone and began to say, okay, today I choose faith over fear. And I began to talk, press record. And I thought, I have no idea if anyone's going to watch this and just press send. Posted it on my um, Instagram platform and a couple of other platforms. And all of a sudden, this ministry was born of today I choose. I did that for every single day of the lockdown in the first season. And then since then, I've done it every Monday. Every Monday, preaching a brand new message called Today I Choose which then has found itself into a book and a devotional. So the journey of it is actually pretty special because it was not something I was planning to do. And yet millions now watched and listened to these Today I Choosers and people were like, it would be brilliant if we could have a journal because it's kind of like we've all been on this journey together. So it's the journal of some of those thoughts that I preached over that lockdown season. Wow. I love that whenever a core message like this comes from a place of your own internal, your own wrestling, you know, really. And just like you said, we we have a choice every day. Have you ever heard, sometimes we get decision fatigue because really we're all making thousands of choices every day. Like, what am I going to have for breakfast? What, you know, but we don't always stop and think about that we are getting to choose. We're just choosing. And so I love that you're making, you're really highlighting how intentional we can be about what like you're choosing even not making a decision is choosing something right uh so i love that you're like okay let's be intentional about what i'm gonna choose so let's like dive into a couple of those that you just talked about the first one faith over fear what does that look like 
Right. And I think, you know, the circumstances of the pandemic around the world and all this going on recently, you know, the, there is so much fear out there. And actually, without being aware of it, we were all being fed fear from the news broadcast to the things we're reading to all the things that we're looking at. And, you know, your eyes are the window to your soul. What you fill up with your eyes begins to fill up your life. And that can make it either light on the inside or dark on the inside. And so I think this deliberate understanding that man you chose to put that news channel on but now what you're listening is going on the inside of you and so you have to counter the choice of what you chose to listen to with the choice of what you respond to now what you've heard and so it's as simple as okay I've listened to this thing that could bring fear but I'm choosing to grab hold of the fear and I'm choosing to now trust God speak his word over the world's version of events speak truth over the lie that I feel maybe that I've I've allowed to come onto the inside of me and control the environment around me with a better choice, you know, like, and if that looks like choosing, sometimes faith looks like choosing to put a different song on the radio, choosing to put a different thing in your ear and the podcast, listen, choosing to go and pick up something different to read, choosing the confession rather than saying, I'm, I'm worried about my job, saying I'm trusting God about this next season. And so it's those little things that are deliberate choices we make that begin to change the atmosphere sphere of our homes. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So you guys are still in lockdown. That's crazy. When you say lockdown, what does that look like? Like, are you guys able to go to the store or how, how, how locked down are you? So, so, um, the current lockdown where we, we, this is our third lockdown and we've had short periods in between where we've had a little bit of freedom, but not very much. So still all the stores are closed. All shops are closed. All restaurants are closed all theaters, gyms, anything that would be considered a non-essential place to go. Grocery stores are open, but you're not supposed to go unless you absolutely have to. You're supposed to order online or uh, do a click and collect service. You're not allowed to see friends or family. You're not allowed to leave your home unless it's essential for work purposes. Um, And so we've been like that now for, oh gosh, months. I mean, we've had a year really of that being our reality. Um, and so, yeah, when we say lockdown, I'm like, girl, these roots do not normally look this bad. <laughs> if I could get to a hairdresser, I would be on the doorstep of my hairdressers, but we're not allowed. So that's the thing. It's like lockdown makes you have to have bad roots and bad nails. What can I tell you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So as an introvert, how has that affected you? Well, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, for me, like the social aspect of that is not the biggest loss for me. I mean, I obviously miss being around the people that you love being that are your immediate circle. But for my kids, the impact has been huge. My husband, he's an extrovert, much more of an impact on him. But I have two teenagers. My daughter's a little bit more like me. She's she's good. She can talk to a friend on the phone. She feels like she's connected. But my son, he's like 15. He needs to see people. So it's been hard for them to navigate. I mean, over here in England, they've been out of school for so long. Exams have been canceled. University places have been postponed. And so my kids are kind of critical ages. So it's been, you know, there's one thing for us to navigate, but we've got to be mindful, not just we're navigating it, but the kids around, people attached to us are navigating and they don't handle it the way you handle it. So as a parent, it's been a journey to find the language that they need me to have help them with their season of 
you know, I can't just say to my son, oh, it's okay. You, you don't miss your friends. He does miss his friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've experienced that same thing. So again, me, you know, I mentioned I'm an introvert, but then my oldest daughter, who's also about to be 15, she's very extroverted and it was very hard on her. Here's the interesting thing though, about the other introverts I've talked to. I actually struggled because my family, like I always have my family around now, which sounds bad. I love my family, but as an introvert, I need true, you know, just like alone, quiet time, you know? So that was interesting, but it's just been interesting to see how everybody navigates it. And another um, topic that you talk about in Today I Choose was that the choice over connection versus isolation, because clearly we're living in a world where before we were isolated, let's just be honest. I mean, even before COVID, I think people, you know, struggled with, when when we struggle, the temptation for a lot of people is to isolate ourselves already. And so now we're in an environment that, that really encourages isolation. So how can we choose to be connected in this crazy season when, rather than isolated? And I think, you know, for me, I think the truth is that we live in a highly connected world, but actually a deeply disconnected world. So we say we've got so many friends on Facebook. We've got so many people that we know through our social media, but do you really know them? So I think our understanding of what it means to be connected has had to go back to the drawing board because I think the human soul is tired and is longing for real connection. And so I think we, in some ways, we've got the pandemic to thank for re-educating us in actually what real connection means because we've realized that that scrolling through this thing does not fulfill the void of, of, of connection. And I think before being around people fed us kind of a false sense of security that we somehow had built a structure of connection and and deep-rooted friendships and then all of a sudden the removal of the big crowd or the party or the gathering at a baby shower or the seeing people in a church foyer all of a sudden it's realized man this is not it's not enough to have a couple of lines underneath my Instagram post that is I'm going through stuff I need actually real connection and I don't think I think a lot of us thought we had that but I even think you know as somebody that passes in a local church setting I think you realize a lot of people in church that thought they had that have realized no I've just taken it for granted you know if I've needed someone to pray for me I've been able to reach out and get that but I've never actually built a relationship where I pray regularly with someone if I need to have someone you know help me in the word I can get that by going to the thing that the meeting has put on but I've never really grown a discipline with someone where they keep me accountable to my studying and my devotional life so I think actually what's happened is it's made us all go man in this isolation I've discovered that I always was quite disconnected I don't think it's a case of the isolation has taken something from me that I had. I think the isolation has revealed something that you actually never really had. So I think what right now is happening, and this is my prayer, is that people will realize I've got to start building real connection. What does real connection look like? What does that sound like? Real connection is not a couple of lines under a post or a high and a quick coffee. Real connection is I'm really anxious and I really need to let you know I'm really anxious and it's really affecting my marriage. And I wonder if you could stand with me as a friend. My kid's struggling at school right now and I need to be really honest with you. I don't know how to parent in this moment. 
That's real connection. That's real conversation. And those are the kinds of relationships that change our lives and our destinies. And I think a lot of people are longing for them, are thinking that somehow they only happen to a few chosen ones, but actually they happen to the people that are willing to do the work of actually connecting. Ooh, Charlotte, you're preaching today. That was a word for somebody right there uh, because I feel like that could be a lie that we would believe as, man, if only this pandemic would end, then I could have connection again. You know, then I can get back out there. And the truth is we can be in a huge gathering of people and still feel super isolated and lonely because there's such a wall that's there and we're all putting on just kind of a superficial mask and I'm fine, you're fine, we're all fine and not really going deep with anybody. So you hit hit the nail on the head of, I I think a lot of women crave this, but then they don't know how to get it. Right. Because, so can you give any practical tips on somebody who's listening, who goes, yes, I want that. I want that. Even just one good friend that I could have that rich, deep connection with that we could be, you know, sharpen each other and, and talk about hard things together, but they don't feel like they have that. Where can they start to get that? Well, you know, from for me in my journey, uh, you know, that's been something that, you know, I'm, I've been really honestly blessed by God with some incredible people. My best friend is the same friend for 36 years. You know, many of you know Natalie Grant, one of my best friends stateside. You know, we're now, I think, in our 15th or 16th year of friendship. So these friendships that, that I'm talking about, they don't happen overnight. And they take a lot of time and investment. And the best kind of friendships are the ones that maybe you don't even need, know you need. And they're the kind of people that, that are willing to walk with you. And I think sometimes what we do is we, we like see people and we're like, I'd like her to be my friend, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things when we and Nat travel together, people always ask us about our friendship and they're like, can we be your friend? And I was like, it didn't happen that way. You know, you can't even make up the way that God threw our lives together. So I think God is just as committed as you are, even more so to give you the right people. I just think that oftentimes we're looking in the wrong places. So I think when you think about Jonathan and David, that was the right friendship at the right time. But if David was to look with his kind of natural eye of what he should have as a king and what he should look for, Jonathan was the last person that he should have had a friendship with because Jonathan actually was a threat to him taking the kingship because Jonathan was the true natural heir. But God knew there was destiny inside them both to walk alongside each other. I think if you look at, you know, Elijah and Elisha, that was the most awkward moment of those two men finding each other, where the cloak hits the shoulders of the younger, and the younger guy's like, I'm not ready for this. I don't know what even this looks like. But, But God knows who we need. You know, like Naomi and Ruth didn't make sense. There was a generational gap. You know, there was nothing where uh, Naomi was going for Ruth's future, so she thought, and yet there was a friendship that developed. And so I think sometimes we just got to stop trying to force things and trust God on the journey. You need someone who is on a journey that can help you with yours. And so if this person lives a completely different life with a completely different set of values and you've fixated that that's the kind of person you need, it's probably not going to happen because the Bible talks about 
the one you put your hand in and hold hands with, you've got to check where they're going first because whoever you join hands with, that's where you're going. And so I think you've got to understand that your joining of hands has to be aligned with the direction you're going. So if you're parenting right now, you're looking for someone who's on the journey like you are, that you can glean wisdom from, enjoy the moments with, celebrate with. That's a level of friendship that you need in your life. And then I think you've got to say, well, actually, I need someone that's a little bit further ahead on the journey than me. I need someone to mentor me. And that's a different friend that you reach out to. But I think you've got to assess where you are, assess where you're going. And then I think you've got to trust the God lead. And I, I honestly think, you know, that story of Jonathan and David, it says that something inside Jonathan's spirit moved when he heard David speak. And, and I think it's a spirit thing. I do. I think that God brings people into our life that we get to walk alongside, glean wisdom from, build together and commit. And I think real friendship, real connection takes vulnerability. It takes openness and it takes commitment Mm -hmm. to just do the hard yards together, to figure out when you disagree, to say, you know what, I'm committed to you more than I'm committed to being right. I'm committed to work this out. And those friendships, I think sometimes we just don't, we don't want to do the work (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately you have to do the work if that's the kind of friendship you want today's episode is brought to you by Joymail, the monthly newsletter i release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and life to sign up simply head to rachelgilbert.com click the start here tab and sign up for the newsletter right there I love what you said, trust the God lead. That is, that's true for so many areas of our life. And I feel like the more I lean into that, it just takes the weight and the pressure off of trying to make things happen and trying to make doors open on your own and all of that, just like what you said. Do you feel like there are seasons to friendships? Yeah, I think, I think some friendships, are, you know, like me and, and my friend Ariana, we've already planned hanging out with our grandkids together. You know, because you just know that, you know, our friendship is based on something much deeper than a job shift or a season shift or we're just, we'll be friends. But I do think there are people that, it's kind of like, let's put it this way, it's kind of like um, your life's a story, okay? And God has the script and he's the director, right? And just like you would go to a play and watch something at the theater, there's different people that have different lines, Some people enter the stage and they become a main character alongside the lead role. And they're in the play the entire time. They're part of the entire narrative. But there are other characters that come on the stage for a particular purpose and time. They have lines that enhance the script, challenge the script, take it onto a path that maybe without them it wouldn't. And then they exit the script because their season there is done. I know that that's been the way God's used me in some people's lives and has used others in my life. I think when we try and make everybody have the same lines for the same length of time, we're in trouble. Because what happens is we hold people in roles that actually we'd realize releasing them would allow someone else to come into the play that right now can't because this person's taking all those lines. And I fear, I think, a change sometimes means we hold wrongly on in seasons to wrong friendships that actually that season's finished. So I think there's some that go the distance. And then I think there's a lot that just come in for different seasons of your life. And we've got to trust God with that. 
Oh, that's such, I love that visual. I'm a very visual person. So that, that really resonates with me. Uh, you know, I also love that you said friendships take commitment because this has been recent that this happened with me. I was praying that I, I've just been praying for some rich friendships. And I had this uh, woman who, um, she is the mom of some kids at, at my kid's school. And she has reached out a couple of times to try to get together. And I, my initial reaction, cause I'm so busy, I'm fish, finishing up my graduate degree degree right now, my initial reaction is, Ugh, I don't have time. Like it was like, almost like I don't have time for this. And immediately I felt like God whispered, Hey, Rachel, I thought you'd been praying for friendships and I'm, I'm trying to send you one right now. And you're just greeting it with, uh, you know, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. And it really just convicted me because I thought, Oh my goodness. Yeah, you're right. Like I've been praying for this and he sent it. And then I resisted it because I don't have time, you know? So yeah, I love that you you mentioned that it takes work and it takes commitment. It takes showing up and being willing to to do you know the work to to get to know somebody and everything. And so yeah, I love that. And some of those and some of those things that we think we don't have time for are actually the answer to our prayer to help us have better time management because. You know, it's like, you know, I, my friend will pick up my kids or, you know, she'll be like, okay, I just made a meal. I'm going to drop it over. Or when I'm out of the country, she's the one that's dropping in and making sure my kids are doing their homework. So sometimes what we think is going to take more time is actually going to give us great time back because that's what friends add to our world also. So sometimes even the way we see it is the wrong way around, you know? Yeah, that's such a good word. Okay, so just as we're recording this, just yesterday you launched uh, something new called the Collective Mentorship Program. Tell me about that. Well, I have to laugh, and even you saying it to me now makes me go, oh my goodness, yes, I did. I actually <laughs> did that because I guess the journey behind this is I've been in leadership for 25 years. I can't quite believe I'm that old, but I have. And over those 25 years, particularly in the last, I would say, 17 years of that, I've had this question asked to me over and over again by women in leadership. Charlotte, would you be willing to mentor me? Is there any way that I guess they're looking for that friend that's a little further down the road that could pass on some wisdom? And my answer has always been a very swift no. <laughs> I always think of the word mentor and then I think of that guy Yoda in Star Wars and I'm like, no, I'm not that old. I'm not that green. It's not going to work for me. So I've never, ever considered it more than just a flat no. And I really felt God challenged me recently as I began to listen to a lot of people, especially over the year we just had, talking about how lonely they feel in leadership and how they feel like it's really hard as a woman to talk to someone about the fact that they're trying to navigate family and marriage and, and all these other things that they're doing, plus, you know, follow the call of God. And I just felt, okay, God, I don't feel I fit the term mentor, but I do know how to be a good friend in those seasons. And I know that there's been pivotal relationships in my life at certain points that really helped me just get clarity where I felt so confused or just steadied the ship of my life by just a simple thing that they said to me that was like, okay, don't panic. This is what's going on. You're going to be good. And that wisdom's just helped me then take the next step. And so I began to think, you know what, it's my turn to actually be the one that offers that to others. And so the collective which I just launched is kind of my yes response to now a question that I've tried to avoid answering for a long time. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. I love that. I, I love how, um, sometimes God will, you know, like you said, the swift no, and then he'll, he'll be like, um, actually you are going to, you are going to do yeah. that. So what, what is it like, what can women expect from that if they were to join that? So it'll run in seasons. So a season lasts for like five months. And so it's a once a month commitment from me to do kind of what we're doing now, but with a small group of people to talk one-on-one, for me to input into them in their leadership journey, for me to find out where it is that they want help so I can speak into that, whether that's an issue with, you know, something that's going on in a church or something in a business or managing a difficult person or whether it's just the the kind of balancing act between family and or just something that they're just like, how would you navigate this? And it just provides a a safe environment to have those conversations and, and and for me to come alongside in that season of someone's life. And so, you know, I only launched it really just, you know, very recently. And within a few hours, you know, applications were rolling in um, for women saying, would you consider me being part of one of those groups from all across the world? So I'm excited about what that looks like. But I'm also excited about when we put a group together, because they'll only be small in size, what that actually women in that group that maybe this is a facilitation of something that God wants to breathe on so that people that are saying I'm not really sure where that person is but I know that this person out there for this next part of the journey maybe this is God's weaving together of some of those people's stories into this place called the collective so I'm really excited about the conversation that's going to happen I think the clarity that some people are going to find and the connection with other people on the journey that women feel they're on right now to give them a little bit more wisdom on that journey so yeah yeah, I'm excited yeah I sense a a great anointing over that and just like you said that the God relationships that are going to come from that, that these ladies are going to look back and go, Oh my goodness, that was God like plucked me and put me in this group on purpose. And that's so cool. That'll be really cool to hear those testimonies. So where can the listeners find out more about that? So all they have to do is go to my website, charlottegamble.com, and they're going to see right on there a button that says the collective, and everything's on there, everything from questions they might have that I kind of recorded a video answer to, to what they need to do next, we're filling in the application form, and then we'll get back to you and say, yeah, this works, and this is something that's a fit for you, and and the times are on there, the dates, so everything's on the website, so I'm excited, I really am, and a little nervous, if I'm honest. Yeah, Uh, see, but those nerves are good. I feel like the more nervous I am about something, there's something really like sweet behind it. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you've experienced that or not, but I'm like, okay, we're going to, we're going to view these nerves as a good thing that God's, God's up to something cool. Uh, Okay. So the best way for people to connect with you, is it on your website? Yes, charlottegamble.com. They can go on there, make inquiries, ask questions. They can find me on social media, uh, Instagram, Charl is C-H-A-R-L, because that's what my friends call me. So it's never fully Charlotte when it's my friends. So Charl Gamble on Instagram. Um, uh, I always try and reply to all the DMs. I do all that myself. So so yeah, they can get hold of me on different platforms. But yeah, um, I just, I'm really, I really believe in this season that God's asking me to be more available to that. And maybe it's because I'm heading towards 50 in a few years. I've got a few more years left of my 40s. But I think you go through seasons, right, in life. And I think it's right for us in different seasons of our life to not just assess what we need, but also to assess what we need to give back to. 
what what do we need for us but what do what seed do we need to sow and for me I think I'm in a season of just sowing that kind of help where I can to just bring people along on the journey yeah so what would be if I could ask you one final thing what is a one word of encouragement that you would like to sow into the listeners today I think I would say, you know, I've just, I've been teaching actually quite a bit today and, you know, I've been, I've been talking about, you know, our life, this life that we're, we're given to, to lead um, because we all are in a position of leadership and, you know, whether that's in your home or that's with, you know, uh, an area in your career, whether that's in a ministry, you know, if you're called and you follow God then as being a follower of Christ makes you a leader in the world. You have answers that people do not have. You have light that people do not have. You have um, a resource that they don't have a connection to. So you are called to lead. And I think the question that I was just asking some of the younger students I was with earlier today, I was like, when is your leadership going to show up? Mm. And that's a good question for us to ask ourselves because I think our world is desperately short of great leaders. I think we are tired of seeing celebrities. I think we're tired of false promises. I think we're tired of political games. I think we want to see real leadership. And so, you know, I could say, well, when does leadership show up in my kids? Well, it shows up the minute they decide for it to show up. It shows up when my son decides to pick up his laundry all by himself. It shows when he decides to leave the conversation that he knows he shouldn't be part of all by himself. It shows when my daughter makes the decision as a young woman of God about a choice for her future in the relationship she's going to have all by herself. Leadership begins to show up the minute you decide to allow it to. Leadership is not a certificate that you get from a Bible school. Leadership is not something you get when you reach a certain age. That's why when Paul spoke to Timothy, he said, don't let people look down on you because you're young. But instead, Timothy, do the work of leading. Right now, devote yourself. Right now, learn how to be a teacher and how to be someone that's compassionate and empathetic towards those around us. What he's saying to Timothy is your leadership shows up the moment you choose for it to. And I think I would say that we need women, we need men, we need young people to step up and to lead, to lead that person in your college to a better choice, to lead that family on your street to a place where they have hope again, to lead the broken to a place of restoration. That's all of our job. If we're relying on a few people that we've deemed leaders, then our world is going to be left for, for very few people to take care of it. It's all our job. I can't lead in the school where your kids go. I can't lead in the place where you live. You can. So I think my challenge, and it sounds a challenge, but it's also an encouragement because the encouragement is for you to see yourself as the leader that God's called you to be. That's the encouragement. If someone told you you're not a leader, you are a leader. You don't need a microphone to be a leader. You don't need a podcast to be a leader. You are a leader. My question is, where is your leadership showing up? When? is your leadership going to show up? And if we could all just step a little bit more into that role of instead of complaining or criticizing or sitting back and watching everyone else take a step forward, if we could all say today, I'm going to lead in this way. I'm going to lead with my attitude. I'm going to lead with my confession. Then how better would our day look, our life look, our family look, and eventually our world look? leadership shows up when you allow it to. I needed to repeat that. And thank you for the swift kick in the rear end. <laughs> but you're right. No, I mean, it's a challenge, but it's also, 
a it it takes some weight off in that realization. I don't need I don't need another certification. I don't need another you know to prove anything. I just today can be a leader, no matter how old, young, whatever, wherever you are in life, you can lead right where you are planted. Wow, what a powerful way to end our conversation. Well, thank you again for taking time to come on. I It blessed me, and then I know it's going to bless the listeners, so I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Blessings over you and your studies and your book that's coming up. You go, girl. And uh, to all your listeners, I hope something I said today blesses you. They can catch Today I Choose. And every week I'm trying to encourage as many people as possible. And so that's a journey that we're on together. But choose. Today choose. Choose what kind of day you want to have. Choose what confession you're going to have. Choose to be kindness in a world that desperately needs to see it. And uh, let's all be aware that we get to make those choices. And thank you for having me on. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show that we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. In today's episode, we discuss the theme of Today I Choose, which this came from Charlotte's latest devotional. And here's what I want us to do. I want to challenge us to reflect on these two questions. Here's the first one. What area of your life feels heavy today? And once you feel like you know the answer to that, I want you to ask this, what are you choosing to believe about that area? And here's your one action step for today. Once you've figured out what area it is, I want you to reframe your choices around that area that you identified. Choose life, not death. Choose blessings, not curses. Choose faith over fear. And choose connection over isolation. Well, that concludes our Get Real Practical segment for today. Hey, thank you for those of you who have left reviews for the show. I read every single one of those. They not only bless me, but they help other listeners get this podcast in their ears. So if you have not left a review, I humbly ask that you take some time to do that today. All right, that's all that we have. Hey, I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.